Welcome to Appetite for Production. It's the only music production podcast inspired by the Antiques Roadshow. And how are we inspired by the Antiques Roadshow? <laughs> are you going to really make me uh, figure that out? Yeah, yeah. Why? Um, we're, we're old, we're ugly, and we talk about outdated technology. Uh, I, we also talk about cutting edge technology as well, James, don't we? Uh, I'm sure I saw a certified banger in your attic that's worth at least four pounds. <laughs> wow, great. I'll uh, check that out later. We are back together in the same room for the first time in a long time. Yes, I've forgotten how all the technology works. <laughs> he, he is not joking. Uh, yeah, I really don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll be very happy because uh, editing the last few episodes has been a basic bitch. Oh man, that's uh, yeah, that's understandable. What with your multiple audio sources that are unsynced. Yeah, no, I just want to go back to mono for everything and just really try and hammer it out. Do you know what? I've got a lot of time for mono, but do you know what's even better than mono, mate? Uh, what? Stereo, mate. Ooh. Stereo is amazing, man. I feel like people don't really talk about how good stereo is, mate. With just two two channels, mate, <laughs> you can create a whole panorama. We are not talking about stereo today. We are talking about a bunch of plugins and music technology controversies. <gasps> so let's get going with all that stuff and more. Oh, I can't wait to taste that juice. Let's go. Tim, you know, sometimes recently we've talked about sort of um, normal, non-music tech stuff, you know? (laughs) Non-normal stuff. We talk about our lives sometimes, and uh, sometimes those things are a bit disgusting and weird. (laughs) Right. So I got a medical trigger warning for you now. Oh, okay. If if you want to skip ahead, you can skip ahead, but we're going to talk about the fact that I recently ended up having a kidney stone. Hey everybody, it's me later editing the podcast. Now, this bit isn't really that bad at all, but if you do happen to want to skip it, you should head to about 10.45. Okay, back to me, I guess. Oh my goodness, James. Is it right if I skip ahead to the next part of the conversation (laughs) while you're leaving the room? (laughs) Um, This this is one of my greatest fears, mate. Um, Tell me about it in excruciating detail. I've learned a lot about kidney stones, (laughs) mostly for the few hours while it was happening to me. And it only lasted a few hours, so I was probably quite lucky. Turns out you, you tend to get, if you get kidney stones, it's basically genetic and uh, you would get your first one usually between the ages of 30 and 40. So you might be safe, Timmy. Yes, wicked. I don't know what your family history is like as well, but uh, uh, you could be fine. <laughs> it doesn't seem that stone heavy, so maybe I'll be all right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it was not good. It was uh, basically I woke up. I'd been to bed at 11 o'clock on Saturday night because uh, I'm cool <laughs> and uh 12 o'clock, I woke up feeling a bit uncomfortable because uh, I couldn't quite find a position that was good and comfy in bed. <laughs> and that and discomfort soon gave way to searing pain. Um, Where was this pain <laughs> located? <laughs> it, was, it was my back on the bottom left side of my back. Now, you uh. know, usually on a Saturday night, it's like Saturday night. Da, 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 da. That's, that's how it goes, right? Yeah, right. But that particular Saturday night, it was more like Saturday night. Da, 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 da. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so basically... Through a lot of fierce Googling. and uh, <laughs> There's time... no, nothing more fun than panicked Googling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was quite obvious from the start that, like, this is a, a extreme pain around my left kidney. So there's there's only very few things it can be. Um, and, yeah, I, I learned a lot about kidney stones while I was writhing, walking about, <laughs> pacing up and down. Um, it, it, took, it took about four hours. Um, to go oh. away, so I think I was... It's like I was, going into labour. I was probably one of the lucky ones. Well, things online have said that it's comparable to labour pain, but in my personal experience of both things, um, I, I, this wasn't as bad as I expected. I mean, <laughs> it was bad, sure. I was like... Uh, 
I was basically, I'd call it a seven on the pain scale. Sometimes going down to six, sometimes going up to eight, sometimes going up to nine. But oh, okay. it was it was a constant pain that was annoying. It was felt it's almost like a bruising pain, um, which is better to deal with than a stabbing pain constantly. Uh, Luke, Luke, James, let, let me talk about scales because obviously, being uh, journo's or whatever, we're all about scoring things on scales, mm. and you, you know, it's nice to have a kind of defined sort of thing. I would imagine ten being you're in so much pain that you feel like uh, you'd rather die than continue living, basically, right? Would I you don't agree? know. As we are musicians, there is another step on that scale, which is 11. Oh, 11. What's it? What's it? So I think that's, that's 11. 10 is basically that it's so bad that you want to do anything to stop it. Okay, yeah. okay. But yeah, it comes and nine. Down... How so? How would you define nine, which is the upper limits of what you experience? I don't want to think about it. Again, okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, that, okay. That was okay. the upper limits, and it was not... It was not good. But yeah, I've moved around a lot. I tried to drink. I tried to go to the toilet a lot. At one point, I felt very sick, but that sort of went away. And um, yeah, basically, here's the deal. (laughs) Kidney stone, the real kidney stone, starts in your kidney. And the pain comes when it's moving down from your kidney to your bladder. Mm -hmm. Okay. The rest of it is generally not as felt or not a problem. Mm. It uh, ends up dissolving most times in the bladder or oh, like a, what like an asteroid going into the earth yeah exactly so <laughs> it's it's bad at the start and then hopefully it doesn't uh come uh, back to bite you on the uh, <laughs> yeah so um it, it's it's the travel down your back it's it's an emotional and painful journey and uh, i had i decided i didn't have to but i decided to try and get through it without waking anyone up oh man <laughs> so stoic of you there, yeah. mate. and i did that it was good i didn't wake anyone no one knew until the morning uh when i uh, got up after two hours of proper sleep oh man so it wasn't as bad as uh many might say so how did you know it had resolved itself after it, your four-hour ordeal it's first it started to go away and then it went away and how are you sure that it's a kidney stone? Uh, it, it, like I looked a lot and okay, I have okay. all the warning signs, <laughs> all the danger zone thingies, including like, recent sedentary lifestyle. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> at, uh, Big eat, tick. You eat a lot of animal protein. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you? Uh, salty, salty food. Oh, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else? Well, genetic history of kidney stones, which I think there is there. Okay. And yeah, apparently if you have one, uh, the chances are 50% that you're going to get another one in the next 10 years. Oh, And uh, that you're going to get another one in the next 20 years, 75%. So I'm oh. looking forward to that. Oh, man. Mate, I'm so sorry about this, uh, mate. It sounds awful. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, what my main takeaway is... It wasn't quite as bad as you'd expect. It was it was a bad night, and uh, <laughs> I would have preferred to be asleep. <laughs> yeah, right. And, but but then again, the pain did come down at times to points where I could actually sleep. So I I managed to. There were times where I could lie down, <laughs> and it felt a bit better. I sort of nodded off for five minutes, oh, and then woke up with the pain again. And it sort of it comes in waves, but it's constant, <laughs> and it's not good. But it's not that much to fear it's um <laughs> okay, unless okay. yours is way worse than mine and mine was just a quite a light version then um it's it's it was all right for me it wasn't so bad i mean it sounds like you're just resigned to like living with kidney stones at this point mate are um, you gonna try and make any lifestyle changes to your sedentary animal eating saltiness no god why, <laughs> <laughs> why would i do oh yeah but that's why we're no 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 that's that's fair enough if i have mate. to go through that every 10 years i think i can take it if it's worse next time then uh yeah might start thinking of doing some things i also started uh caning lemon juice every so often so every few days oh. i have a night where i drink <laughs> drink a lot of only slightly diluted lemon juice and uh, just just oh. have a sort of uh 
Tempted washout. Nice, mate. That's good. That's good. You know, I've been mixing up the uh, orange and lemon squash recently, mm. mate, to create a new hybrid drink that is interesting, delicious, we, mate. We had a conversation on on the phone a while ago about lime squash, didn't we? Uh, yes, we. Yeah, we did, mate. <laughs> Turns out we're both uh, into Tesco's double concentrated lime cordial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only we can get them to sponsor this show. Yeah, well. Look, let's just start advertising it anyway. Yeah. And let's start advertising HelloFresh as well, mate. So I want them to start giving me some free boxes. So um, hashtag HelloFresh, hashtag food in a box. Hashtag <laughs> HelloFresh gives you kidney stones. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag kidney stones, wicked. I'll, I'll order the meat special with extra salt. Yeah, yeah, the extra animal, animal protein. <laughs> oh, flipping hell. Well, look, well done, mate, for A, going through that ordeal, and B, uh, talking about it and demystifying to find kidney stones for the rest of us and <laughs> yeah. making me slightly less scared of them than I, I am still I think terrified. at the start when I told people to skip ahead five minutes I think that would basically land them when <laughs> yeah, I was talking yeah, about no. the bladder <laughs> nice, nice. great great stuff uh... <laughs> okay Tim something Pretty epic has happened. Oh, wow. I like epic stuff. If you haven't heard of this already, anyone, then uh, I'm pretty glad that you'll be hearing it from us because uh, we're going to do it the comedy justice it deserves. Oh, wow. Big words. So Spitfire Audio recently created a competition and uh, invited a lot of aspiring film composers from all over the world to enter. And uh, it was a competition in association with um, Westworld and HBO. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, Westworld slash HBO had given a bit of uh, footage and some original uh, dialogue audio and sound effects. And the challenge was to score a a composition, uh, dramatic music to go behind this Westworld scene. And um, the results came in. Uh, it turns out 11,000 people entered the competition. Oh, man. Now. <laughs> that's loads. Uh, yeah, for a start, that's like, that's <laughs> insane. Each each entry was like four minutes. And apparently 11,000 times four is 44,000 minutes to listen to. <laughs> uh, let me just, let me just type this out. 44,000 minutes divided by 60 mm-hmm. means uh, 733 hours. Okay. Uh, all that divided by, what, 24 Mm-hmm. That's 30 and a half days. Oh, man. That's a full month of listening well, thing, to entries. Yeah, yeah. So if you worked hard, you could like listen to all of them in under a month, as long as you didn't sleep and you managed to like dilate time slightly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they probably had a few people at the bottom of the pyramid doing a lot more screening and, and listening and then passing them out. But anyway, the point uh, of this was that the judges of the competition were a ragtag team of uh, <laughs> celebrity pros, uh, including Ramin Jawadi, the uh, composer for Westworld. Oh. Um, the show's creators, Jonathan Nolan, Lisa, Lisa Joy, and uh, a person you may not have heard of called J.J. Abrams. Ah, uh, yes, J.J. Abrams, everyone's favourite. Uh, so they were the final judges. And um, let's let's let uh, the Spitfire video start telling the story for itself. Oh, okay. So there's this Spitfire video where it's uh, it, they play the runners-up and the winner. Here's one runner-up, for example. Tom Recknell. Sharp left. Tom Recknell. <laughs> you know, it's all good stuff. Yeah. Andrew Morgan Smith. This is a bit Home Alone. Yeah, what? <laughs> this doesn't really fit the... Is that... Kasper Stachowiak. That's pretty cool. But yeah, a bit of Matrix late 90s vibes. Oleg Troyanovsky. Tonally aren't really working and for now me. the moment you've all been waiting for. So the winner, just to remind you, will receive the Spitfire Everything Drive, a prop from the Westworld set. 
a signed Westworld vinyl. <laughs> and a donation it's like a prop. What's that going to be? <laughs> Leather jacket. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The winner a break. of the Westworld scoring competition, as selected by J.J. Abrams, Jonathan Nolan, Lisa Joy, and Ramin Javadi, is David Cudell. Right. Congratulations, David. The judges all loved your entry. We're going to play it now in full. Let's hear. Thank you very much for watching everyone. The winning entry. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye bye. They're playing the whole thing, the, the four minute thing in this one. Verified. Enable semi automatic control. Disable safety features. Maximum speed. Go. Orchestral. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's happening to him? Oh, I think he's switching genres. Here we go, Tim. Okay, so it reminds me of what you might hear at some kind of like nerdy convention of a band that play cover versions of NES tunes. Yeah. It's giving me a bit of like Bionic Commando vibes. It's got some good orchestration mixed in as well. I've, I've got to draw your attention to that. Yeah. They've literally got it's not. ship sound effects as well. <laughs> it doesn't say the likes and dislikes ratio on this No, video. we'll get to that. Oh, that's interesting. Point and shoot. This is very silly, James. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, lots to unpack there, Timmy. Mm. Uh, it's very funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, like, it's a funny, silly idea. I guess people are upset that it won the competition um, because it's kind of uh, a bit ridiculous yeah, so jokey. So basically, um, the internet started going crazy. Uh, the YouTube comments uh, got pretty uh, pretty intense uh, mm -hmm. against, not necessarily against the guy, but against the judges. Mm -hmm. um, they... Uh, forum vi control uh there is a very 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 long thread uh of people sort of mostly hacked off but a lot of people are, are, are fairly happy with it there are accusations that uh jj abrams knew the guy uh because they he's he's worked on as a adr editor on something that jj abrams has done that is not at all the case Oh, is it not? I mean, he has what he worked on, like as an ADR person on Mission Impossible Three, but that has it doesn't mean he's JJ Abrams' fucking friend, you know? Well, yeah, but it also doesn't mean he's not JJ Abrams' friend. Uh, yeah, it does. Does it? Does. it? If you're JJ Abrams' friend, you're not stuck doing ADR editing on Mission Impossible well, who Three. Knows, man. It's not like even if you're JJ Abrams, it's not like you can give all your buddies uh, wicked jobs. Yeah, you know what I mean? it, and. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the fucking point. Okay, okay, anyway, anyway. <laughs> um anyway, I like if you check out this guy's website, some there have been people accusing him of like actually being a pro, but he is not. He's, oh, he's okay, like okay, he's okay. a he's a proper like he I mean he's a semi-pro sort of media um maker. Hmm. If you look at his uh, portfolio of he's mostly video production and he's like um Boyd Gaming uh, Marina Del Rey luxury apartments, Camu Cognac, Pechanga Resort and Casino. That's <laughs> not exactly Hans Zimmer, is it? Um, well, it sounds like he's living a lovely life well, or whatever, doing. Yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. That's the point. He's making a good living, but he's, he's not. Um, he's not an epic uh, <laughs> cinematic composer. Yeah, right. Uh, he said himself on that forum on VI Control that he, um, you know, he basically gave up on music like 25 years ago for the most part 
because uh, and now he's he decided to take a big risk, and it was a massive risk. Um, what was the risk? Sorry. Well, the risk was submitting that. Oh, okay, okay. Into the competition, but basically, people were hacked off because it's it was that it was some crazy chip tune soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, when everyone like, that's the thing 11,000 people entering and i'm sure like i've entered uh composition competitions before and you put a hell of a lot of work into it and when something that crazy ends up winning it does leave a bad taste in people's mouths what were the criteria of the competition because i feel like this is kind of important uh that's what a lot of people were alleging they were alleging as well that he didn't stick to the brief what was the brief then? I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I haven't read the entire brief or anything. Oh, it sounds like we don't know anything about this. But okay, but let's just spe- speculate. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you can technically say that guy didn't stick to the brief. I mean, yeah, reg- regardless of the, the brief. Or there whatever. was someone saying, yeah, because he put some echo on one of the vo- voices at some point that it was like oh. that doesn't like void your entire entry. Um, but they were generally hacked off the fact that he. Uh, he, they, they, I think they were nitpicking on the brief because you know he did a four-minute soundtrack to a Westworld scene that they gave him, right? Well, it depends what they judge, what criteria they're judging it on. Do you know what I mean? Like, because the thing is, they, you know, maybe the judges like this one because they felt like it took it in an interesting, different direction. Mm. But it's like if you're not specifying that that's what you're looking for, then pe- people are going to be irritated because if people are going to, if people are going to spe- put a lot of effort in, and say, okay, I'm going to make something that's super serious and like up to the standard of something that actually go out on telly you could see why it fits with the with the, with the meaning of the of the of the you know the actual visuals yeah you can see why people are hacked off i completely get it but i do i do basically stand behind this guy uh one perspective i have is imagine that you're the judges mm. and i'm sure they didn't all listen to all eleven thousand entries no. sure but imagine if you're listening back to that many entries and something like this is going to at least give you some fucking, oh, thank God for something a bit different. They're going to appreciate it. Hmm. Um, Also, imagine if you're some high-flying J.J. Abrams type who is always basically being told what to do by loads of shareholders. And, you know, he gets pretty bad rap with the Star Wars stuff, and Mm. rightfully so, but Mm. it's probably... And Star Trek as well, but anyway. It's probably not... his decision to have done the stupid shit that he's done with those <laughs> franchises. It was probably all the money yeah. and all the massive responsibility of working for corporations. And the other guys who were judges too, they may have thought, finally, I have a chance to actually decide what I like and um, encourage someone who takes risks. Because if, if there's <laughs> oh, anyone... Oh, wow. He's, he's like living vicariously through this Mario Kart music guy. If there's anyone who doesn't take risks, it's it's someone oh. who works for Disney. Right. You, you know, would right. you be allowed to take a risk if you work for Disney? Absolutely not. No. And so they're, they're living with this pent-up, like, I want to do something real. Mm. And they see this uh, chip tune entry, uh, which is really well made. It's not uh, what was expected. Mm. Um, And they think, well, I love this. This guy actually took a risk. And it did take balls to enter this into the competition. Well, it's not like it costs you any money to enter this competition. It costs you a lot of time. Well, that's that's true. But, like, the thing is, you you can't enter it thinking... Oh, I'm going to factor in the amount of time I'm going to spend. Because when there's 11,000 people entering, uh, you know, <laughs> that's that time means nothing in the grand scheme of yeah, things. Yeah, obviously no one knew that it would be 11,000. Um, but that's that's my take, basically. Like, there was a Critian Henson video on it. He's one of the Spitfire guys. And he was basically saying, like, that that's that's the only time anyone moves something forward is when they take a massive risk. Mm. Like, every new genre or... Thing that sounded crazy before someone sort of someone's had a basically had a fuck it moment and they thought oh, i'm gonna do this insane thing and everyone's kind of responded to it and i think that's I'm what not sure if, i'm not sure if that's how um cultural like sort of changes occur i think they happen more slowly sort of behind the scenes and then we we see these things that appear i don't feel like they appear like whole cloth from just from the ether do you know what i mean but anyway possibly but i feel i feel like he's kind of like he's got a bit of a kind of you know uh protagonistic sort of uh dramatic vibe going on there but anyway possibly um, but 
my point is, if you're a J.J. Abrams and you're always getting pushed around and saying you have to do it this way, you have to do this, uh, this person has to die and this person has to be the hero and this person has to do this and you've got to have this moment with this silly robot so we can sell a million fucking mm, little robot toys. Yeah, right. As soon as you see that person who's having a fuck it moment because you're not allowed to have fuck it moments anymore because you work for fucking Disney yeah, or okay. HBO. Maybe not HBO, they're all right. But that's <laughs> that's when you you say we have a winner this person gets to have a fuck it moment i don't mm, mm. I, I like the thing is it's my natural instinct to have a go at you for being a jj abrams apologist but i've got a I, you know <laughs> Japologist. I've, I've, I've got a yeah 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 <laughs> sorry I've, a jj apologist <laughs> i've got a i've got to respect the emotional labor that you've undergone to try and understand him basically I, so I, that's I, fair enough i can't say that star wars is good uh oh it's I really hate what Star Wars has become. Yeah, but I'm just saying that it's not necessarily like he's the fall guy for the 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 system that has uh, turned it into what it is. Well, you know, if it wasn't him doing this shit, it'd be some other uh, bootlicker. So whatever. Exactly. So yeah, I, I I think there is there is a soul in there somewhere. Still. I think he's symptom. JJ he, Abrams is symptomatic of the problem with our culture rather than the root cause of it. I feel. Yeah, that's that's. that's basically where i'm trying to go Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. do you want to get a bit lighter and less philosophical with this oh please yes back on that uh forum that vi control uh forum we finally got a man weighing in uh, a man who knows what he's talking about when you you're having an argument about film scoring and the uh the rights and the wrongs who do you want to weigh in? Some kind of heavyweight oh. industry titan. Not the Zimster, surely. The, it's the Zimster, Tim. What? And he came onto the, the massive thread <gasps> on the VI Control website. His uh, name is RC Tech. RC Tech. Uh, well, well uh, disguised. He did quite a long post. Uh, it says, uh, I'll summarise it for you. How do we know this is Zimmer? Um, because he's active on the forum in general. And people I think. just know it's him. Yeah, he says, I know everyone involved with the competition, <laughs> not the composers, but I'm old enough to have worked for JJ's father and actually done a film with him. <laughs> And we're both synth geeks. Uh, anyway, I, I can't be out doing the accent. Yeah. I, I mean, it's an appetite for production staple, but... Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, don't worry about the accent for now, yeah. Uh, anywho, um, started to read the comments and the bitterness and the bitchiness in most of the responses to the winner, whom I've never met or heard of. And I thought, why even bother with this lot? Ziff already lost. They think music is a business when it's a passion. <laughs> Ziff forgets that putting hours or days in is a luxury you'll never have again when you're on a deadline or a proper mm. job. But mostly it's the lack of respect for someone's moment of joy where they should be celebrated. So... Carry on with your uninformed, small-minded criticism. <laughs> it's all here now in black and white forever. The beauty of the internet. And as a reference of how I wouldn't ever want to work with a single one of you, nor you with me. Um, yes, I mean, I think if you are kind of getting on the internet and like just kind of like being negative about stuff or mm. whatever a lot of a lot of the time you're probably doing something wrong basically. <laughs> um i think i think yeah um i feel like if you really care about creativity you're more interested in trying to be creative Mm. than worrying about what other people are doing that much you know i guess what I mean? so i guess so um i like i said before i've i've entered competitions and put a shit of a lot of work into it mm, mm. and there was one particular time when one of the winners was just awful and um yeah i, I just it does feel pretty bad but it's nothing to do with the winner yeah yeah totally um i remember at university um seeing someone else's uh video edit for a project they had to do compared to my own that we got like the same mark for and everything uh-huh. and just being very very angry about it basically <laughs> so i think i think competitions and like grading and stuff they're basically they're just they're always going to cause feelings like this I think, you know? I've, I've also judged a remix competition which was cool oh, um, yeah. uh, but what i want to draw your attention to next is uh a video someone has taken the Hans Zimmer masterclass trailer and has <laughs> changed his uh, orchestral music within the trailer 
into 8-bit music. Okay, well, is this a response? Yeah. To all, uh, In music, you're basically having a conversation. It's a question. <laughs> Ooh, it's a bit of a dodgy question here. <laughs> I can tell you everything you need to know in one word. <laughs> All we're doing, set designer, actor, writer, composer, we try to create worlds. Sherlock, it's a score anybody could do. One microphone on a laptop. Ideas are not limited by budget. The creative process takes place in your head. There he is playing the keyboard. <laughs> I like writing in D. And it's nice that if you go from... <laughs> it's satisfying. <laughs> 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 oh, that's pretty good, man. That is great. And there are there are a lot of like jokes about Spitfire's next um next library being like, you know, Mario Library or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I mean this is it's a heavy subject and it's a touchy subject. It's not it's not that heavy, mate. I I find it very heavy. It's <laughs> okay, uh, okay. about like rating other well, you've people. Been there. You've you've had the frustration of not winning that competition. Uh, and um I Actually, for what it's worth, I haven't really said what I think about the winning entry. What um, do you think about the winning entry? I is? reckon yes, it took balls, and that makes a lot of um, a lot of difference in how good it is. Um, if you want to submit uh, chip tune plus orchestra um, track, it was a bit too um, it it was a bit too sort of happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now if this had been a dark chip tune song. A beat still, but you know, serious. No, it's just very silly. I really like how he's mixed it with the actual orchestra. So he has done a lot of orchestral oh, yeah, programming yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't think there's, a, I don't think it's like a quality issue. No, no, no one's, no one's put that at the. Yeah, yeah. And this is very traditional. This bit, though. Yeah, it just doesn't, you know. I, I don't mind the style at all. I think it's funny and it's uh, clever and it's ballsy, but the actual notes that he's chosen, you know, talking about music here, hmm. um, not quite there. Oh, really? It's fine. I mean, it sounds like, it sounds authentic to like... To a game. To like, uh, yeah, chip me, chip tune, yeah. Yeah, maybe the context of the actual um, scene has um, has more to do with games and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it doesn't, you know, personally, I wouldn't, you know, watch it again for any kind of entertainment. I don't feel like it really fits the scene that well. Um, I saw a couple of episodes of Westworld that seemed really cool. This looks dreadful, basically. Yeah. Where are the? What happened to the virtual cowboys? That's what I want to know. I, where, I, where are they? I never saw it at all, but I heard a lot of people talking about it. And I, yeah, it wasn't that the first series that it was like set in. The... And now it's just super generic. So why is it still called Westworld if it's not? Uh... It looks like they've just like made a super generic sci-fi oh, thing dear. out of it now. So. I don't know. Anyway, what I also want to say is that uh, chip tune slash orchestral could be a new genre. I would listen to that shit. That's very uh, ironic and. Uh, uh, oxymoronic. I'm sure, mate, you could go to some kind of con or whatever and hear an orchestra uh, with chip tune accompaniment play all your Zelda favorites. No, no, no. I don't want all my Zelda favorites. I want new music. Oh, wow. Done really? with orchestra plus 8 bit. Um, I am not a fan of that combination. I don't think that's going to happen. Plus a drum kit, because that sounded pretty good. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt like an issue with a lot of these entries was that just totally they didn't fit with what was going on. Mm. Um, and to me, I don't know, it seems like you'd want that, really. Yeah. Um, but, you know, turns out this guy's won himself a flipping uh, Spitfire everything bundle. <laughs> and, a so... leather, and a leather jacket from the Westworld <laughs> yeah, yeah, set. Yeah, 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 wicked. <laughs> good, good on you. <laughs> Okay, remember everybody, you can uh, donate to the show uh, and become a member of the illustrious Clam Club by going to patreon.com slash a4ppodcast or go to a4ppodcast.com and uh, donate via PayPal as well.
Mm. Thanks for all your donations and stuff, guys. We really appreciate it. And thanks as well for uh, nice reviews that people have left for us. We really appreciate it, don't we, James? Yes, we've got uh, one review here from uh, Burnman65. It says, uh, if you're a sound engineer or musician and would like to keep abreast of the latest music check news while going about your daily chores, look no further. Tim Kant is as endearing a British goofball as you'll ever hear. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. With a voice that cuts through like a champ around 350 hertz. (laughs) Oh, nice. Wicked. I I, I want to go lower. I I love your 350 hertz uh, tones. (laughs) James Russell plays the straight man role with a plum. Oh, that I is, think that's a little bit unfair. That is uh, not a role, my friend. That's just my life. I did, look, you are anything but a straight man. I think we can both agree. <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that review, by the way. It takes effort to do these things, so we uh, so we are grateful. Massively sorry, sorry. appreciated. We got a, f- a Patreon message from KM. It says uh, it's it's a, it's a follow up on the um, the old earwax debate. Ah, brilliant. Yes. It said. Earbuds are the key to preventing waxy ears. That means earbuds, i.e. Q-tips or cleaning your ears, are the key to preventing waxy ears. I had the same build-up experience, doctor and all. The only thing that finally fixed it was using Q-tips after bathing, and indeed, whenever my ears felt moist, after wearing (laughs) headphones mainly. Don't stick them all the way in there. You just want to swab away the moisture and keep your ears dry. You have to go really deep to hurt anything. Don't do that. Oh, God. I am afraid of putting um, earbuds in my ears, mate. I did actually try it the other day very gingerly um and <laughs> you, i did not he, enjoy the experience he's right you really have to go pretty deep to actually get anything bad there's a whole canal in there i you know i am gonna look into alternative methods i'm thinking <laughs> please that, don't put essential oils in your fucking ears no man. no i think i'm just gonna whack otex in my ears um every so often i reckon i need to do so i need to actually take some time and do some proper research on it yes. um, because i clean my clean my uh ears out weeks ago Everything's been crazy. I haven't had a chance to even do those mix downs I wanted. So my ears are probably already destroyed again. So who knows? <laughs> but uh, whatever. He says, P.S. I'd love to see video of you two talking. I know you have side gigs as male models. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. It is a real tragedy for listeners to this podcast <laughs> that you can't see us. Because we're both really, like, really sexy in quite different ways, aren't we, James? Do you want to elaborate on yeah, that? Yeah, I've got that sort of Adonis thing going mm. on with the, the chiseled bod. Mm. And uh, Tim's Very got that sort hard of... body. Yeah, Tim's got that sort of George Clooney, like, sort of <laughs> stares right into your soul sort oh, of... Oh, man. Dapper, I've got, like, eyes. It's like my smouldering eyes <laughs> is what people love about me, basically. Yeah. No, you don't want to see us. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it's very nice of you to say, but uh, <laughs> you don't have to deal with that. You don't have to have any more therapy than you probably already need if you listen to this podcast. James Green on uh, Patreon says, talking about the weird and wonderful stuff Tim comes across on Spotify. Of course, he's talking about our Patreon-only episode. Uh, reminded me of this site that tries to algorithmically map out all the genres. It's oh. called everynoise.com. You want to go to it? Do you know, I might have seen this recently. Yes, I looked at this just the other day. In I have seen it, I saw it many years ago, actually, and it, I guess it continues to grow. Should we go through it uh, now or should we go through it a different, uh, different episode? Uh, let's go through a different episode. We're too tired to do it right now. Yeah, let's say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll save it for another time. We promise. I've got it on the spreadsheet and uh, we will um, we'll go through it another Another day, another episode. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, I've already got things to say about it. Lovely. Now, join us on Patreon or by giving us a little bit of money through PayPal and we will hook you up with our bonus content. If you can't, what would be really good, people, is just to do anything. Like, literally anything, man. Just uh, (laughs) because, you know, we got a podcast and we want it to be sort of recognised by the internet. And when you want something to be mm. recognised by the internet, you need some numbers, like someone likes a thing on this thing. Oh, so, okay. So someone, engage engagement I is don't, what we're don't after. Do something, like, you know, follow us on a thing, whatever that thing may be, and uh, like a thing, whatever, oh, yeah, it's all that, good. Yeah, any, cl- seriously, we appreciate the clicks, guys. Review we- us on, uh, on the iTunes. If you listen through Overcast, which you should, uh, there's a little star, and you can click the star for each episode, uh, to uh, sort of help the rankings. Does that not just favourite it for you? No, it, it, it there did. is there is a bit of feedback to the whole system oh, as well. Wow. Okay. 
you could follow us on something like Spotify or subscribe on YouTube. There's some bullshit up there on YouTube as well, <laughs> which we sometimes put up there. You know, any number that increases on the internet to do the podcast helps us out. Do you know what? If you do want to see us in a not too offensive way, you could check out our No Scrubs remix that we did because I think our, our little faces are in that. Yeah, we? our little faces through your iMac camera are in that. I look so bad through the IMAX camera, man. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, tune in now. I'm not saying I look great in real life, but my God, it makes me look so dreadful. <laughs> oh, you should have blurred yourself out. <laughs> I really should have. It's like people's <laughs> flipping eyes. Anyway, thank you everyone for everything you're doing <laughs> to reassure us about our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah thanks. We're really insecure. So please help. All right, Tim. Native Instruments have just released a new plugin. Um, is it, this a new plugin? It is a new plugin uh, of uh, something very old, which well, is... It's really a contact instrument, isn't it? Uh, good question, actually. I think it is. Right, uh, yes, contact instrument. Okay, Mr. Pedden. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. it is uh, sampled Stradivarius or Stradivari violin. Oh, and of course, in their press release, they're like, "Ha ha! It's been three <laughs> three hundred years in the making." Oh, <laughs> no. Nice, nice. no, it's not. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's been maybe a couple of years. Who knows? But whatever. Yeah, like nice turn of phrase. Whatever. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> That's marketing, baby. Uh, yeah. Do you want to play the video and we'll yeah, go on then. Cherry pick some bits. Oh, ten minutes. Bloody hell. So actually what they've done is uh, sample um, four instruments, two violins, a viola and a cello. Yeah. Uh, this man is speaking in Italian. Oh, Benne. <laughs> yeah, his name's Benny. <laughs> oh, wicked. Hey, I'm Benny. So yeah, you get a sampled Stradivarius violin in your door, thanks to the magic of contact and a lot of very comprehensive, sophisticated sampling. Mm. So it's not just comprehensive, it's very comprehensive, I see. Yeah, and they, you know, they're saying a load of things about how it's for the generations and stuff like that. Um, they had to, in order to sample it in this concert hall, they... Um, they had to like shut down the city around it and try to get everyone to be very quiet. Oh <laughs> wow! Which uh, I don't know how necessary that really was, but I guess it was. Okay. I think they've gone. They've gone for some crazy setup, uh, using loads and loads and loads of microphones. To which I just think, can't you just keep the microphones down a bit and get a better signal? You know? Right. Okay. Because if you have like. 30 microphones, then you're going to get a lot of phase issues. Oh, man. And well, surely they'd be quite minor. If you're chopping and changing between samples all the time, mm. like the on-sample, the sustained sample, the off-sample, then there's a possibility that you can come a cropper if you've used too many microphones. So they've gone for it. Okay. But it sure sounds nice from this demo. It's a... Uh, so-called Vesuvius violin Ooh. built in 1727 and they've been like all these violins are naturally kept kept very uh, kept very well by experts there was an armed guard uh, who had to be in the room at all times while they were recording it mm. um, which is because he wants to make sure they're doing enough different velocity levels and stuff <laughs> yeah so they, they're making a point in this one about how they've sampled every note and they're not doing any um, pitch shifting within the, the sampler. Well, you'd flip and hope so, well, yeah. mate. Jesus Christ. I would have thought that we'd got past that. Yeah, they, man, what are they doing? They do like a million velocity levels <laughs> yeah, and they do a load of round robin, but they still seem to use pitch shifting as standard on a lot of these things. Well, that sounds crazy. Like, just, just sample all the notes. Yeah, like, yeah, how many notes can there be? like 12 right <laughs> <laughs> but we don't need like we don't need you to pitch shift stuff go less ham with the articulations or the the velocity levels or something like that i don't know man basically 
until I can get uh, a plug like a contact instrument that, sound, that I can make sound like a disco record strings with all the crazy glissando stuff sounding super realistic. I just don't find it very interesting. I mean, it does sound good though, to and be fair. very few disco records were recorded with a Stradivari violin. Well, yes, this is true, whatever. I mean, I'm really not too fussed about that stuff. It was clear from the beginning. This does seem like another level of production values on the, on the promotion side of it, at least, and from the sounds of it on the actual creation of the instrument yeah, itself. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that in the last 300 years, we've actually become slightly better at making instruments. <laughs> well, hey, mate, I don't know. It's quite nice that the sentimental part of me thinks it's quite nice that, you know, this old has been preserved and we can now record it and we can all use it. Sure, and if you're using it in a project... Uh, uh, where you're recreating a piece of music from the 18th century, even better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because that's, yeah. that's the instrument that, the kind of instrument that would have been used to actually play it. Yeah, man. Well, hopefully we'll see a kind of renaissance of period drama now we've got this uh, instrument and everyone can make lovely scores for them, right? Yeah, that's how uh, the movie industry works, isn't it? In yeah, yeah. It's from based on the, the instrument. From yeah. the score and the instruments used in the score, we get the uh, type of movie. Sweet. Yeah, any any crazy takeaways? There are supposedly from the video, there are three more instruments that they've sampled, but this isn't this is just one of them. Oh wow, okay. Um it is uh intro price 129 UK clams, regular price 179 UK clams. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, it runs in contact or contact player, and I would imagine it will be available with complete when complete comes out. Yeah, cool. Uh I mean this one isn't for me. No, I mean, to be honest, though, if you're doing a lot of violin-y stuff, 129 euro uh, British clams, I should say, during the intro uh, pricing. Great British clams, I think they're called. Great British clams, good boy points. Um, It's pretty cool because it works for the contact player, so you don't need to buy anything else. So you could have just like, you know amazing strings for 130 quid of Roonies. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's pretty cool. Not for me personally, though. No, uh, it's it's probably quite nice that they've uh, they've gone for this timepiece instrument and uh, that that's now available to everyone. You know, they've done some classic drums and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, for me, if I'm reaching for something like that, I'm going for a proper new school, uh, uh, sophisticated, modern instrument. Well, what, what? What instrument would you go for, James? Tell me that. Uh, Session Strings Pro or Session Strings Pro 2. Oh, okay. So just some, you know, NI stuff. Yeah, I've used... Nothing too crazy. Used those before. They're good. Yeah, yeah, they seem all right, actually. That's that's basically the result of the conversation. Yeah, they seem all right, actually. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's yeah, a yeah. thing that happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, good luck to you all. <laughs> yeah, nice, wicked. <laughs> All right, Tim, my door, Studio One. I use other doors. There are many like it, but Studio One (laughs) is mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you disassemble it and reassemble it in the mud? (laughs) Yes. Oh, wicked. Oh, fair enough. And I call mine Sheila. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice, wicked. Um, There's a new version. Yeah. Studio One Five has been uh, announced. Uh, I don't know when it's out. I've 300 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's available now. Um, you can get it for 399 for the Pro One. You can upgrade for 150 to the Pro One. Other various prices are available. There's also a thing called Presona Sphere uh, where you can pay a $15 oh. clam a month membership. And get, to live in the sphere. Yeah, you live in the sphere. You get the door, you get all their sounds, you get all their other stuff as well, add-ons, and also Notion, which is their notation program, which I've used a bit, and it's pretty cool. But uh, you know. <laughs> Wow, you massive nerd. Yep. And um, so I wanted, I didn't want to, I've checked it out. I haven't got it. Uh, I probably will get it. Uh, but I wanted to give you... A bit more of a hot take because I've, I've checked it out once or twice but haven't gone that deep in it. Mm. Um, but I wanted to give you a visceral reaction to the trailer now oh. that it's still kind of fresh in my mind. How about that? Mm. Sounds like a great idea, buddy. Shall I uh, press play on that bad boy? Yeah. Ooh, pads. Sidechain pads, the sound of the future. Yeah, they're introducing Studio One Five. 
Oh, they had a countdown from 10, but it only got to five. <laughs> yeah, kind of weird. 10 years in the making. So they have um, changed the interfaces of their native plugins. Okay. Which, meh, it's fine. I'd never really used them much anyway. Oh. There is a show page, sure. which gives you what is supposedly a performance uh, control. Oh, so it's Ableton Live now. <laughs> Just like everything. Yeah. Um, they're touting quite a lot of real-time stuff. There's this analog delay, which I don't think they had before. Okay. They're trying to talk about using it live, using this show page, which is sort of clip launching, I guess. Mm. I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Um, they want to muscle in on uh, Ableton's territory, it seems. Yeah, it seems everyone does. Logic's doing that now as well. There's a score editor in Studio One Five, oh, wow, which I okay. guess is cribbed from Notion. Um, Logic's got it. They've got a drum uh, pattern view as well, so you might as well have notation in there. Mm. Yeah, so the effects have been updated. The Pro EQ looks nice. That's the only one I really use. Sometimes the compressor, but the, the EQ looks cool. I use loads of live spills and stuff, you know. I know you do. You love those tiny little effects. They're so tiny and cute. Uh, the effects look good. They look a bit more appropriate to today. I mean, the graphics look pretty nice. They have clip gain envelopes, which I, I don't know, I guess is more than just automation because before... They had automation Why would you have clip gain on the loads? I don't know. They've got uh, show and hide, well, different mixer states, so you can swap between different mixes and, like, all sorts of different plugins on different channels, and you can immediately switch between A, B, different setups. Oh, really? Okay. There's articulation lanes, which is something that's sort of generally started coming to doors and uh, will probably work well in MIDI too. Yeah, I used to live on articulation lane, yeah. Uh, it's got aux channels, it's got a listen bus, was it? <laughs> Is that for monitoring or something? Yeah, you know how you have solo and mute, but there's also listen where, I don't know, it plays what? the track with all the other tracks that happen to affect it or something no, like I that. Don't that. I don't know that. You have to use a real instruments recording to uh, get that. Oh, I like this tune, you know. Uh, control room out. Meh. It's, it's good. There's a lot of stuff, but I don't think much of it actually applies to me. I mean, I guess it seems mainly the big stuff seems to be the live stuff or whatever. I mean, it seems like it, you know, they've got it looking nice. Let me, let me come at it like this, James. Mm -hmm. Ass backwards. Why isn't Studio One the de facto door these days? Seeing as it does everything basically and people seem to be hacked off with you know Everyone the else. limitations of other doors uh, i think it's partly habit it, it definitely like it rose in the rankings of music radars like top top 25 doors or whatever it is okay it's it's way up there now okay that's cool i use it so you know well does, yeah doesn't hurt to have a heavy hitter on your side Pro right praise Tim? from caesar indeed <laughs> mate, absolutely um why isn't it because a people are afraid to change i think that's that's the problem with a lot of door and software problems at the moment even mm. though some programs that will remain nameless are obviously bloated they're bloated with so many features that people don't necessarily want to go somewhere else and it does take a lot of time to learn something new doesn't it i guess i mean i had to look at <laughs> um studio one must be the best part of 10 years ago now. Uh, yeah. And it well, looked... 10 years in the making. Well, yeah, They'd yeah, They'd only yeah. just started at that time. Yeah, right. I mean, it seems uh, like like the time-stretching stuff seemed all right, but I just, I prefer Ableton, basically. I think I said a lot of this stuff about Studio One 4, that it wasn't really for me. And they they always do some good point updates as well. Uh, okay. I wouldn't want to be back on Studio One 3, but it doesn't bother me that much. So um, do you blag an NFR of this? or uh, I will likely do a review for someone. Okay. Um, nice. But I, it's not going to be the end of the world if I don't for mm. now. Maybe like 5.1, 5.2, 5.5 will introduce something I really want. Mm. I do like the look of those new effect uh, interfaces, but I just, I'm a plugin man. Mm, yeah, you are. Yeah, I, 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 I love my plugins, as you know. You sure do, buddy. I mean, it, does it upset you that you don't really feel like you have a favourite uh, DAW? 
no, I, I try to be agnostic as I can, but mm. it turns out, in practical terms... You're an atheist. You've, you've just got to pick a couple which you can actually function in. Because when I tried to use loads of them, I was just crap at all. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, the one thing I still want to see is being able to automate macros, which uh, you couldn't do for a while. The The fact that they added the mono export way later than they should have done yeah. uh, was great for me and made me very happy. Uh, but that's the last sort of new thing that I've really made use of, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not a particularly glamorous feature, is it, really? No, that's the thing. I mean, I am a quite, when it comes down to it, I'm quite a light door user. I don't do a load of recording. I don't have to set up a load of weird routing for people. Mm. It's just audio or MIDI and effects. So why know? don't you like live? Because that is so quick for doing that stuff. It is, and sometimes I use it. Mm. Uh, but I live, you may think it's quick. But it's got its slow points. Really? Yeah. We've talked about them before. Like, I don't remember. I want to bring up um, a stock plugin. I've got to go to the track and bring up its uh, bar at the bottom. And oh, if that's, yeah. If that's stuck on edit okay. mode, yeah, yeah, then yeah, 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 yeah. there's a lot of clicking to just bring up a plugin. Whereas in other doors, you can just uh, double click on the plugin or it might still be up. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so... Life's not always quick. It's straightforward, and I love it for its restraint. Mm. Uh, but it's it's sometimes a bit of faff. Did you see that thing I sent you? I sent you a link to someone saying why he doesn't like live. Twenty reasons I don't like Ableton. No, I don't think I did. Well, I think you should check it out and uh, go over the reasons. Twenty things Admiral Bumblebee what? hates about Ableton Live. Well, you, of course you can't ap- apply effects to frozen tracks. You like, can't apply effects to frozen tracks. What do you say? Of course, because they're frozen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think maybe yeah. Frozen is too much the correct word there, and he would like a sort of consolidated track which you can then build on. Uh, no track. But you search. can do that. You can flip in. Uh, fr- uh, flatten it once it's frozen. Okay. Uh, he says no track search. Um, yeah, use the scroll bar, buddy. Uh, I don't know what a no GR graph he is. He says there is no game reduction metering in multiband dynamics. Okay. I mean, but you can use a different plugin. No VCA faders. VCA faders? They're faders where you've got a group of tracks, and uh, if you move the uh, group or bus fader down, it will move all the faders within it relative. And do that. No, it'll move it relative. So if one's up and one's down, it'll move the down one slightly down and the up one quite Why a lot. Why would, would you need that? Uh, <laughs> relative gain adjustments. Uh, just just adjust it properly. Uh, <laughs> fucking what? No trim automation. <laughs> what? Glitching if the global latency is too high. No sidechain search. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I think basically this. All these problems, most of these problems, stem from him using really big projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's fair to say that live isn't the best when you've got huge projects. Uh, Like I was saying before, if you want to get an effect, you have to select the track and then you might have to select the plugins list and then Uh, you get it. I mean, I guess if you're like sort of tracking like drums and band stuff and guitars and all that there is. might be a pain in the ass, but you, live's not really. There is like there's more suitable stuff for that. There is that hack for live where you can show the plugin list on the mixer that exists. Um, what does that do? Sorry, it shows the plugins on a channel on the mixer channel. Oh, okay. Like in a normal door. Yeah, right. Um, no playlists, pause, bad peak metering apparently, which um, may be a decent point. Um, but yeah, it seems like he's coming at it from mostly. I use big projects and I use Cubase and yeah, Cubase has got a lot of sort of finickety little things that will help you with stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I just wanted to get your take on this because you love live so much. Yeah, like none of this stuff has ever bothered me. No, because you make a different kind of music to a lot of people. Well, yes, that is very true. It turns out different doors work differently for people who make different types of music. So, what would you use, James, if you were to have to track uh, like loads of band stuff? Oof, yeah, I mean, I'd probably just go to Studio One. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use Ableton because mm. it just doesn't feel like the right one to go for. 
Um, mm. I'm sure it would be fine. Well, like the thing is, there's stuff in other doors, um, like you know, that's especially designed for like sort of like uh, adjusting the timing of multiple things. Like there's that stuff in uh, Logic where you can you've got flex time and you can use it on a bunch of different things yeah. at once and everything and all that sort of stuff and everything. So I think Logic and Cubase in particular seem to have stuff that's targeted towards people doing that. Yeah, and. Like like Studio One's new listen mode, that's a very much like a recording setting up loads of aux buses for different headphone mm. mixes and stuff like that. You do need a lot of different features if you're doing stuff like that and doing like doing the listening, doing a load of aux stuff. Because I mean, Ableton's nice with its return channels, but it doesn't like it'll group stuff and that's fine. But mm. it's you know there are still differences, which is nice to see. Mm. Uh, and it's nice. I'm sure Ableton won't sort all this stuff out. Because um, they love techno. Yeah, man. I mean... You don't need I d- trim automation by ship for the techno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I like uh, live how it is. I don't want them to change it too much. What I want to know is what is the perfect door for making orchestral chip tune music? Because I'm going to have a go at some of that. It's the new genre. Well, James, I'll tell you. Uh, it's going to be Studio One because it's got you've got your staves for your orchestra ah. stuff, and then you can do your uh, chip tune stuff in your MIDI uh, grid editor. True, baby. you can do that in Logic as well, I guess. But, what about uh, Bitwig? Oh, I, I just I, I I don't have enough RAM to <laughs> understand Bitwig, man. Oh, really? Uh, what in your computer or your brain? In my brain. Ah, uh, okay. There's just you started this by asking the question: Why um, are people not? upgrading to something like studio one Mm. because they know their thing and something as complicated as admiral bumblebee's um (laughs) beloved cubase he doesn't want to have to relearn all his stuff right 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 right. and it would probably take ages and why do it Mm -hmm. if cubase Mm -hmm. is working all right cubase Mm -hmm. is working all right sure baby but yeah um i i would personally i'd like something in between live and studio one I am not talking about Studio One show mode. Okay. Well, what would that involve exactly? I don't know. Just a nice clean interface where I can actually get to anything with a single click. Like open the effect on this channel Mm. and also program some MIDI notes here from the same place. Mm. you know in live view there's an option that will leave like sort of third party plug-in windows up i mean it doesn't yeah it will leave the windows up but you've got to close them at some point they're getting bigger and bigger <laughs> they are they really are man uh should we kill this conversation yeah, let's, uh, let's get it stoned let's, put it out of its misery let, let's <laughs> let's kill the episode as well <laughs> yeah okay okay that's have, more than enough i have had it i know we feel like i feel like we've done a lot of chatting man goodbye everyone <laughs> okay that's it see you later Well, everybody, it was nice to be back in Tim's house for a little... Uh, was it? Uh, for, for a little uh, real recording session. I think the edit of this episode is going to be great. Oh, man, good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll speak to you all in another two weeks. Uh, keep keep calm out there. Yeah, just, like, take it easy or whatever. Um, stay in your safe space. <laughs> Drink all the lemon juice. Definitely. Stay, uh, stay uh, fruit and veg it up, guys. Thank you.